The Severe MMA Podcast Premium with Sean Sheehan and Graham McDonald. Welcome, welcome everybody to a very special episode of the Severe MMA Podcast. This week is so not special. a regular show, it is so special. It is a preview show for UFC <laughs> 232. I am joined as always by the Jose Mourinho of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. Hey, fucking hell. <laughs> What's that all about? What's what all about? What's that all about? I know <laughs> you are. You're, you you were a bit of a Jose Mourinho, aren't you? You were in your prime. <laughs> you were in your prime like six or seven years ago. You kind of oh, lost thanks, it now. You you you're six just or seven like, years ago. I was fifteen for Jose. <laughs> you're not. You're just looking for a way out of severe and me. Yeah, you're, you're just <laughs> trying to get my trying to get me to fire myself. <laughs> Exactly. You're just, I'm trying to get fired, but I'm my own boss. I'm I'm your best talent, and you have me just sitting on the sidelines all the time, just you <laughs> don't know waiting, trying to get yourself sacked. But, <laughs> or whatever, or whatever. Uh, I suppose we we'll, we'll get straight into the show. Merry Christmas to everyone. This is going to be uh, in place of our regular uh, podcast uh, this this uh, week because obviously it's Christmas and everything. But we we'll, we. We'll, put you out a, a good podcast here and a good preview for the UFC 232 card coming up and I'm sure look if any big news happens or anything if Alexander Augustuson, uh you know tears a hamstring or something we'll come on and we, we'll talk about uh, oh no god I'm after doing why it, would no. you even suggest I, that <laughs> I'm after doing, remember we did this before with Tony Ferguson and that time he fell over the wires Oh fuck! Yeah. I'm after doing it. I apologise to everyone for Alexander Gustafsson's inevitable injury. But anyway, um, yeah, we, we've loads of podcasts coming out as well. We'll have the rewatch for Gustafsson versus Jones, the first one up on on Patreon. Please sign up on Patreon this week. There's so much stuff up there. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA Podcast. It's like four quid a month or something like that. So uh, yeah, it's very reasonable. So please sign up there. <clears throat> All right, Graham. How how you know a lot of the time in MMA recently there hasn't been. There hasn't been that much to look forward to. And even kind of the big cards that come up, we don't have that much time to prepare for them and look forward to them. This time we kind of have two weeks. We have the Christmas to get over. It's kind of going to be new and bright and everything. How much, at, at this stage, I know it's kind of before Christmas now, but how much are you looking forward to this card? Yeah, really, or the main event especially, I really wanted to see this for a long time. Uh, I, I, I wanted an immediate rematch when it, when it happened. Mm-hmm. I thought Jones kind of took it lightly, and I know he takes everybody lightly, but I, took, I thought he took it especially lightly. I thought, Jones did, I thought Jones did win the first fight just about, but I think if Gustafsson had had five rounds of, of energy, he would have he would have won the fight. So I wanted to see it again at the time. I, I still want to see it again, but it's kind of the, 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 the want is kind of, Simmer down a bit, you know. It's it's not the way it was, but now that it's getting closer, I suppose. Usually on fight week, when you start seeing all the all, all the content coming out, is when you really start getting uh, getting ready for a fight. Like so, I think when it, when that starts happening, you know, even before the 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 Conor Habib fight, people were talking about how there's no hype, but it always just ramps up massively right before the fight. Like. Mm-hmm, yeah, hundred percent. And like even last night, I, you know, the submission radio boys text me is like, "Will you come on the show tomorrow?" I was like, "Yeah, I better." Wa- so I better watch a bit of fights for this. Obviously, I had watched the Gustafson Jones fight, which you can listen to on Patreon in the next couple of days. Uh, so I went back and watched some Cyborg and Nunez fights, and you know, you kind of forget that this was on the card a little bit, even because just because that Jones and Gustafson fight is so good and so big, and you know, we, we'll probably get to, we'll get to those two title fights in a second. But just, let's look at the undercard a little bit first. Um, BJ Pin versus Ryan Hall is is the first <laughs> fight I want to get to. Like, for you, 
a lot of people said, you know, Ryan Hall is, is kind of a ground guy. He won't put too much damage on BJ Pin. <clears throat> and so it's a kind of a good matchup. As well. He does. What do you think of that? Like, do you think that's correct? Or do you think it, Ryan Hall could beat him up in the feet like I do? Uh, I think Ryan Hall, geez, like BJ Penn's boxing used to be good, but it's just the game moves on so quickly and BJ's so shop worn. I, I don't think Ryan Hall will stand on him. I think he'll, he'll roll under and get something. BJ doesn't have that much gas anymore. So uh, who can you really give BJ Penn who anybody's, anybody's even heard of if, if it's not Ryan Hall? Yeah, that that's that's the problem. Like, I, I don't think he should be fighting in the UFC. I think... I think he's just his time has passed now. Like, and I know nobody retires in MMA, but and I know Bellator will be giving fights or Ryzen or whoever else. But it's it's sad to see a guy like this fighting. Like, and he's going over to Brazil trying to recapture it. It's not, yeah, but the thing with BJ Penn is, if he left and went to some other promotion, he'd probably be fighting up at light heavyweight or something. Yeah, that's true as well. Look, Ryan Hall is a very good fighter, I think, and he's improved an awful lot. He hasn't fought that much recently. Like you, you'd hope. Yeah, where, where has he been? I don't know. Yeah, you'd hope he'd take it to the ground and beat BJ Pin there. But I've, I just have a feeling. And it was like, what was that fight a couple of weeks ago? Dead. Okay, it's not as bad as this. But Tito Ortiz, um, Chuck Liddell. I kind of oh, knew Tito, God. Tito would keep that standing and beat Chuck Liddell on the feet. No, BJ Pin isn't as bad as Chuck Liddell. I'm not saying that. But I think Ryan Hall. I think it's a higher percentage for Ryan Hall to beat BJ Pin on on the feet. I think you know Jiu-Jitsu is probably the last thing to go in in, in an odd uh, sort of way. And I think BJ Pin is an unbelievable Jiu-Jitsu player. Now Ryan Hall is. Probably, I don't think he is anymore. Yeah, and no, Ryan Hall is probably anymore. better. But I think he'd be able to defend Ryan Hall's attacks. I, uh, he probably he could get submitted. He probably will get submitted. But I, I have a feeling like it, it's a higher percentage for Ryan Hall to to just fight BJ Pin on uh, you know on, on the feet and, and beat him up there. But. It's it's an interesting one, I suppose, to see what Ryan Hall does. You know, it's is is it a winnable fight for VJP? And if there is any win- winnable fight, like maybe if Ryan yeah, Hall, yeah, well, like yeah, he does have probably a lot better boxing than Ryan Hall. But mm. if Ryan Hall fights an intelligent game plan here, and I'm sure he will because he's fighting a legend, it's a much bigger fight for him than it is for for BJ Penn. I just oh, I just don't see BJ Penn winning this. Alright, Ryan Hall submitting them probably. Yeah, it could happen, could happen, but interesting to see. Uh, there's uh, another few good fights on, on the the prelims before we get to the main card. Uh, Curtis Melinda versus Sayer Bahadurzada. That should be a really, really good fight. Both two guys who absolutely throw fucking bombs all the time, so I expect someone to get get knocked out in that. That's opening the uh, the fight pass mm-hmm. section of the card. Nathaniel Wood is on the card as well. Yeah, he is. He's fighting Andre Yule. He was supposed to be fighting Tom Ducamar on this card. Obviously, that that's a big guy. But to tell people, you know, actually, we have a lot of American listeners now. It's like fucking, we have a lot more American listeners now than, than we've ever had before. So tell people about Nathaniel Wood if, they, if they've if they never seen him fight or anything. He's Cage Warriors champion, he, really he, good fighter. Yeah, he was Cage Warriors champion. He beat, like, uh, people might have heard of uh, Vaughn Lee and Josh Reed. Is obviously that, that really good uh, fight with Josh Reed was... Uh, uh, one rounder it was really good if you haven't seen that Josh Reed versus Nathaniel Wood at, uh, Kate, you type that into YouTube and it's there mm-hmm. um, he's, he's making uh, his second UFC appearance he got um, he got a, he got a Darce choke uh, finishing his first and he was meant to have a step up I don't know much about Andre Andre Ewell but he was meant to get a step up in uh, Tom Dukenwa, who's kind of struggled unexpectedly in the UFC. We kind of t- we saw him on the the Bama scene, and Sean, you're obviously a big fan of Tom Dukenwa. You kind of probably one of the first regional fighters you really got behind. 
How dare you? Yes, but yeah, tell me. I I still think he's how dare I? Yeah, how dare you? I, I'm Mr. Irish MMA talking about me like that. How how he's French, very man. Dare, yeah. He's French. Yeah, but he was fighting in Ireland, so he counts. Look, these things happen. But Is yeah, there, am, am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> You're not wrong. But like, I, I think the thing about Nathaniel Wood is uh, like he's obviously fighting under Brad Pickett and fights very much in the likeness of Brad Pickett. But then got a, a submission in his last fight, so he's you know changing things up and a very very good fighter as well. So you know, definitely yeah. looking forward to seeing him. In but this. like, if Andrew Yule <laughs> can win a split decision over the ghost of Henry like it's. <laughs> Still, still a, still a good fighter to go to Hannibal. That's like. true. That is true. In fairness, so yeah, it's it's a, it is definitely a step up for for Nathaniel Wood, and you know he's probably he's probably well able for it, and and uh, you know it's it's a very good because uh, Brian Keller versus Monta Jackson as well on the prelim card, Uriah Hall versus uh, Bevan Lewis on the prelim card as well. Four pretty good fights there, so definitely uh, uh, and um, a fight past prelim card that you, you'd be uh, you'd be signed into. Same could be said for the the, the main preliminary card. We say Peter Yan versus uh, Silva Andrade. This Peter Yan, he looks like the next big thing, doesn't he? Coming through here, this guy looks absolutely phenomenal. You know, Grabacki Hitman talking about him an awful lot. Lots of people talking about him after his his UFC fights as well. Grabacki Hitman was talking about him before that. He looks he this guy looks the real deal, doesn't he? Well, it's hard to, it's hard to tell so far, but this is an experienced guy. He's fighting now in twenty seven fights. 27 fights 25 wins he's been around like he's he's one of his losses is to Rob Font in, in the UFC and he's besides uh, his other losses is in the UFC as well so this guy this guy's good like this guy's experienced he beat Martin Vera in his last fight like so this is a step up for Peter Yan but he does look to have a lot of uh, a lot of potential and you know he beat Ishihara already which is which is a like he's a tough fight like he's, he's had a a number of UFC fights and he's, he's training at a good gym and he has a lot of experience as well so uh, it's not his first experience guy but it's 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 kind of the first time the attention is on him and uh, Douglas Andrade is, is maybe not the best fighter but he, he has a well-rounded game if his if, if his record would lead you to believe the correct thing so yeah uh, I don't know like I, I, I used to get really excited for these prospects when they came through but so many of them let you down that after a while you just Kind of wait a, wait a little bit longer before you get excited. Jesus Christ, you're a poor you know friend. what I mean? Though, like, like, uh, like a, I, I still get excited about them. You have to get excited about them. Like, if you don't get excited about these prospects, fair enough, they might fall away and then they might not be great. But I still think you have to get excited. Like, how can you not be excited by a guy like Peter Yan or Zabit, like Ahmed Sharapov? Or well, Sharapov has proven a lot more though. Like, I'm excited about him. Like, but like you know, when he first came in, I was like, oh, like this. This guy's good, but like you wait till he actually proves something, or like Stylebender as well is the same. Like, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think you have to get on get on the train early, like Francis as well, and all these boys. Sure, if you if he gets beaten by steep end, you know you can kind of get off a little bit in. <laughs> track a little bit but sure uh, <laughs> as well on uh, uh, this uh, undercard we've Andre Ar- Arlovsky versus Walt Harris which you know could, could be fun probably beating the heads off each other for a while or else three mm. rounds of not happening and then the, the blue moon of uh, UFC a f- women's featherweight fight with Cyborg's not in it Katzengana versus Megan Anderson which is probably a smart thing to do considering the women's featherweight title is in the main event actually funny that this fight is actually on the card I went back and watched Amanda Nunes versus uh, Katzengano, and uh, you know Katzengano, she she's she's very 
She's she plays a kind of a big woman's game, you know. Against Amanda Nunes, she got her and she you know ratcheted her to the ground and beat her up there. Like against Megan Anderson, uh, that's going to be tough. And like I don't think Katzengano is the, the the best technician in the world. She, you know, she's really tough. Megan Anderson's a pretty a pretty good technician. I wouldn't I wouldn't call her great or anything, but she's a good jab. You you know gets behind it. Uh, she's obviously very very tall and very very big and and a proper featherweight. And it's. It's a tough fight for Katzengano, but I think she's the classier, better fighter, and I think she has a better, you know, a better merit to victory maybe than Megan Anderson. You, you know, are you looking forward to this one? It should, could, you know, if Katzengano wins it, she could be the next day in line for either Cyborg or Nunes for the featherweight title. Mm, yeah, I think I think Anderson might win this one. Katzengano hasn't really looked the same recently. That's true as well. Um, the Nunes fight is a, is a while ago. I think Nunes is, is better now as well. Um, she's learned to kind of pace herself a lot better. Katzengano, like, if she can kind of get her way into the fight I think she, she could win this one but early I think she'll be vulnerable yeah definitely yeah yeah it's it's an interesting battle this one actually I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to this it's it's one of those fights that you it's kind of hard to know how to play it out like Katzengano for the last while has been kind of trying to strike a little bit and trying to get more technical I think Katzengano is actually better when she just goes in fucking you know balls out and tries to take someone down or beat them up uh, you know against the cage or, or whatever and you know, make it a, a dirty sort of fight but yeah looking forward to that I, know, I didn't really get to the, the main card. Chad Mendes versus Andrzej yeah. Volkanovski. You know, if, if people haven't heard of Volkanovski, he's beat my boy Darren Elkins in his last fight. Very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's 18-1. and one, Looks like a top prospect. Obviously, Chad Mendes. We know all about Chad Mendes. One of the best fighters in the world and has been for years. Coming back off uh, a drugs ban, he'd won fight and he came back and, and won that well. So this should be a fun one as well. Yeah, this should be good. It'll be good to see where... Both of Sorry. Whoa. I sneeze. <laughs> It'd be good to see where both guys are because obviously two years is a long time now. Maybe we talk about it all the time. Uh, and Volkanovski, it's, it's it's his first. He's been in the UFC for a while, and Darren Elkins is a, is a big win, like a very big win for him. But Chad Mendes is on a different level to Darren Elkins, and this will really show us where where Volkanovski is, or if Chad Mendes is still uh, title caliber. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting one. Like they're they're similar enough sort of builds and stuff, and you know you wouldn't see a, a build like Chad Mendes that often. But Volkanovski is kind of that short, stout, hits a little bit or hits very hard. You know, maybe he's a little bit bigger than Chad Mendes, but I'm looking forward to this. I wonder if Volkanovski like what's his take down the fence. Like you know, we we talk a lot about Chad Mendes being this very hard striker and a good wrestler, but people underestimate Chad Mendes' wrestling. I yeah. think he's a phenomenal. Yeah, in open phenomenal space, wrestler. he's he's brilliant. He's yeah, one of the best. One of the best in the UFC. Yeah, so that's interesting to see if he can get under Volkanovski. Volkanovski, now, you know, I don't want to go full Jimmy Smith or anything, but Volkanovski is a, <laughs> a bit like a fire hydrant, didn't he? And he'd be hard. Wrestling a fire hydrant, like every guy Jimmy Smith's ever wrestled it. He, he rolled a jacker, I don't know if you've heard or not, but uh, yeah. And uh, is this, is Jimmy Smith doing this card? Jimmy Smith's actually leaving the UFC in 2019, or his contract's up anyway, so, you know, that's another interesting thing. Michael Bisping is coming on to, to be a commentator as well, so that's uh, interesting coming on, uh, you know, up here in, in the new year. But yeah, that Chad Mendes-Volkanovski fight should be fun. Uh, Ilir Latifi versus Corey Beeston, 25A and Anderson. This could be Latifi's path to, uh, to a title shot here, and this is this is a, an interesting fight. Latifi is like one of those guys that... Makes it just he just makes it difficult for everyone. And when he came into the UFC, people thought, "Oh, this is kind of a fun guy," and fans kind of got behind him and they liked him and stuff. But no one ever thought. I don't think that he'd get as far as he's gotten. You know, he's he's done really, really well in in the UFC. He's you know won his last two fights against OSP and and Tyson Pedro and beat you know John Valente, Sean O'Connell uh, before that uh, losing to Ryan Bader in, in the middle, which is you know no no shame at all. But if he can beat OSP and beat Tyson Pedro, he can definitely come in here and beat Beaston as well. Although Beaston's a good you know a good fighter as well that that's a tough one to pick i think what do you think 
Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably lean with Latifi, but yeah, they're they're similar enough. But I think Latifi's stronger, mm-hmm. a lot stronger. So yeah, I think that might play. Um, he he he's kind of underestimated, as you kind of hinted at there. Like he's been underestimated a lot, and I've underestimated him. So I'm kind of, I think against this kind of caliber outside of the top guys, I think I think I'll probably pick him in against most guys. Mm-hmm. And then uh, before we get to the, the two title fights, Carlos Condit versus Michael Chiesa. Mm. This I'm I'm unsure about it. What do you think about this this fight? I don't know. I think uh, Condit's probably going to get really get choked. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like Condit is just he was one of the best fighters in the world. Obviously, he almost knocked out GSP, but he's just had so many injuries that took so much damage. You know, he's lost he's lost four in a row. Robbie Lawler, Damian Maya, D, uh, D, uh, Neil Magny, even and then Cowboy Oliveira got got submitted against Cowboy Oliveira. Got submitted against D, uh, Damian Maya. But uh, you know, Michael Case is coming up here to to welterweight as well for the first time. That could be a big issue. But he was always a big uh, lightweight anyway. You know, Carlos Condit's very good from the bottom. I could see Carlos Condit, you know, submitting him with a triangle or something if if Keza tries to tries to take him down. But Keza's Keza's not the biggest hitter in the world as well, which is probably a benefit for for Carlos Condit. But you know, Condit's good in the field. I, I think it could be you know a back and forth fight for a while. I think Keza will probably end up getting the better of it though, just because of where they're at at this stage of their career. But yeah, I, I, well, I think be... it depends a lot on how early Chiesa goes for the tight end because Carlos Condit's tight end defense has never been good and I Horrible, doubt yeah. it's good now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like if Chiesa is willing to stand for a while and backs himself on the feet, it, it could be interesting. But if he plays it smart, he probably get a first round running a choke. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he probably probably will. All right, let's get to the the two title fights and let's get to the the women's featherweight title first. As the bantamweight champion Amanda Nunes comes up to fight featherweight champion uh, Chris Cyborg Justino. And like for me, watching watching tape for this fight, as I, I kind of mentioned, trying to become the third ever du- double champ. Exactly, and concurrently the third ever women's featherweight champion as well after Jermaine Durandamy and Chris Cyborg. Uh, but you know, watching tape for this fight is kind of the most pointless endeavor I've ever done. Like usually, I was, <laughs> it, it's it's it is absolutely pointless. Like usually, you go and you'd watch tape. Let's say I'm watching Conor McGregor and he's fighting Habib. I can go back and I can watch, you know, the Chad Mendes fight where Chad Mendes takes him down. I can see what his wrestling defense is like. Or you know, I'm watching for Habib and I come and go back and I can watch Michael Johnson and see what he's like against the southpaw striker. And okay, they're not, you know, Michael Johnson's no uh, McGregor and uh, Chad Mendes is no Habib. But you can still you can kind of get a little bit of an idea for this. Yeah. There's nobody like Cyborg. Okay, go see her fight Holly Holm, a, a high level fighter, but she's not at all like Amanda Nunes. You can go back and watch. Amanda Nunes fight Valentina Shashinko, but she's not at all like Chris Cyborg. And you, well, you know, just watch weaknesses in her game in that case, yeah, though. Like, there, you know, Cyborg's tight end defense is, is a known weakness, and maybe not being able to go five rounds the way she would like to fight. It's pretty hard for anybody to go five rounds the way she'd like to fight during her career, most of her career. Amanda Nunes, as well, can't really go five rounds the way she'd like to fight or used to fight. So they've both kind of adapted into the, playing longer games and. I think Amanda Nunes has less weaknesses, but Cyborg does have that big power. But uh, I think Nunes is going to win this. Do you? Uh, why, why do you think she's going to win? I think her wrestling. I think she'll be able to. She, she she's strong early when Cyborg is strong as well. So I think she she'll need to weather a bit of a storm. But I, I think Cyborg is open to being hit as well. She she does kind of swing wide punches a lot of the time. And Nunes. Is a, has been improving, I think, recently, and I don't think Cyborg has been improving recently. I think she she's has. She's been changing. She's been adapting, but I don't know if her actual skills are improving. I think her, maybe her game planning is improving, but 
not our actual fighting skills. I disagree. I think both have improved. I think our hundred percent our game plan has improved, but I think her her technique and her abilities are like well, come back watching those fights. Like, and I know they're it's it's they're kind of bad fights to watch, but watching Amanda Nunes versus Valentina Shevchenko, you know, a lot of people thought Shevchenko won that fight, and you said hundred percent. Like the first fight was was three rounds, and she was able to unleash a little bit more. You know, put a bit more shots. The fifth round, the five round fight, you could see it was obvious that she wasn't throwing as much, and obviously against Valentina Shevchenko as well, who's a very good counter striker. And and stuff like that and very hard to hit it's a lot tougher but her in that fight versus Cyborg against a similar sort of matchup in Holly Holm you know who's who will wait in the outside wait to counter and you know doesn't give you many opportunities I think Cyborg did a much better job of kind of closing the distance and cutting off the cage and stuff like that now will this fight turn out like that like will someone take the initiative will someone try to fight off the back foot and counter that's what I'm interested to see here it's because they've never really fought anyone you know like that before on the feet who can, who can actually push someone back and, and you know, dominate them by, by going forward with their striking. Now, your your point about takedowns, you know, Amanda Nunes got taken down by Katzengano over and over in that fight as well. Like, will Chris Cyborg go back and watch that and say, here, I can take her down? Like, Chris Cyborg has taken people down in the past. I, I think Chris Cyborg will be stronger than Amanda Cyborg's Nunes. Cyborg's not good on the ground, though. But she's good on top. Like, if she gets on top, she can hit mm. you with a lot of ground and pound. Yeah, I think she only goes there when she kind of has the, the fight already in her favour. She yeah. already landed a few big punches. I think early on, Amanda Nunes is going to be very strong. Maybe as time goes on, Cyborg can use her strength if if she has the gas. If 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 she isn't on her back, if she isn't put on her back a lot, mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting one because it could go a couple of different ways. Maybe Amanda Nunes will look much bigger without having to do that big weight cut as well. Maybe the size won't be as big a factor as maybe we're thinking it'll be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it, it, this is a really hard matchup to even think about how it will go because like, you know, as, as I mentioned, look, I'll use the example of McGregor and Habib again. Like you can use the example of that because, you know, maybe McGregor will push him forward and, you know, get in the front foot and landing shots. Maybe Habib will take him down and push him against the fence. You can kind of see which way it's kind of going to go it's hard to know like you know you talk about thinking maybe Amanda Nunes could get a takedown me coming in I was thinking maybe Cyborg can take a, uh, get a takedown like who will take the initiative will it be Cyborg will it be a Nunes they both like to do that who knows you know it's it's a very very difficult matchup to, to actually even fathom how it will go and I suppose that actually makes it more exciting because we usually don't see this at the top level of MMA we usually see people who have been tested and who are already really mm. good and who have fought a lot of people like this whereas you know in women's MMA they're just isn't that caliber of level of fighters like that like these are by far the two best in the world uh you know f- around that weight class anyway you know you can talk about rose and Joanna and valentina uh g- going down and i know amanda Nunes is fought valentina but uh, you know there isn't just there isn't that many high caliber fighters and now we're there's two of them meeting and that's unbelievably exciting and unbelievably good for women's mma you know you kind of if, if you're kind of an outsider looking in and you want women's mma to improve you, you or not to improve, but to, to uh, well, I suppose improve is the word. But if you if you wanted to, to go on and get better, it, which may, means improve, <laughs> you probably <laughs> you probably want Amanda Nunes to win here because you probably want to see a rematch and you probably want to see a, th- a cyber win the rematch. You probably want to see a third fight. Like this could be an epic trilogy here. And uh, like, okay, uh, they haven't even fought yet, so <laughs> that might be a weird thing to say, but. I think that'd be a, a brilliant outcome, a very close fight here. And I have a feeling this could be five. 
close rounds. Like it also could be a quick knockout. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those fights. Like you go, go. It could on be a quick knockout either way as well. It could be, yeah, because you go and watch Manny Nunes and what she did to to Ronda Rousey, what she did to uh, Misha Tate. She absolutely, you know, mullered them in the first round, just absolutely destroyed them. Like Cyborg has been doing that to everyone for years, and has changed up her game now, fighting more technically with with Jason Perillo behind her. Manny Nunes, when she, you know, when she fought uh, Valentina, I keep going back to that, but she fought very technically as well, getting behind the jab, trying to cut off the octagon. So it's, these are really, really good fighters. I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to give a pick for this. I don't know who will win. At, at the start of the year, my one of my bold predictions for the year was that Amanda Nunes would beat Chris Cyborg. So, you know, maybe. Maybe Sean from uh, 11 months ago. never happened though. So. No, but loads of them have happened this year. I said Ben Askren had signed for the UFC. And that was, at that stage, nobody had even fucking thought of that. So that was... That was one there. <laughs> Nobody yeah. even thought of that. They hadn't thought. It was, it was like really off the table. And, and it came on, you know, with Dimitri Johnson. But there you go. Anyway. But I'm really, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this fight. Especially, you know, watching tape last night and realizing that I haven't a clue how it will go. You know, and I can't wait. Who, so you're picking Nunes. You, you do. You think Nunes will win? Yeah, I think Nunes will win. But like, it's in no way confident pick, really. Like, because obviously there's a lot of matters of victory for Cyborg as well. And the obvious ones and, and I think even though Cyborg has probably been in more five round fights just due to fighting for belts in other organisations so she doesn't really go long and nearly any of her fights and I think Nunes can, can drag her along if uh, if she can't get a takedown she can wear up against her or if she can't get takedowns and maybe Cyborg has to work to get up maybe that's okay too and Cyborg has to worry about that and it will take energy because Cyborg isn't the most technical in, in the grappling so when she does get up it's a lot of strength used a lot of the time so I, th- I think uh, this is this is probably Amanda Nunez's fight if she, if she just puts Cyborg on her back at the start I think that she, if she can do that in the first round or even just push her up against the cage and make her work for the first round I think Cyborg will start to gas out Mm-hmm. Yeah, really looking forward to it. looking forward to having. She also has bad, bad weight cutting problems. Cyborg, so she may be bigger in in there, but the energy levels might be might be lower. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, really looking forward to to seeing this and see how it, how it plays out. Should be should be fun. All right, let's get to the to the main event and this this fight. You know, obviously, you know, you mentioned at the start of the podcast that we want to see this rematch straight away, and it's it's five years since that. And you know, usually when you're talking about guys who who fought five years ago, you're talking about lot you know, terribly different fighters, fighters who, you know, have improved an awful lot if they're still fighting in championship fights. But for this one, it, it they haven't, it's not that they haven't improved, but they're very similar fighters still, I think. You know, as I tweeted a few weeks ago, Gustafson in those five years has fought five times. John Jones in those five years has fought four times. So, no, you know, they were already really good back then. I think they're they're similar now. And I feel in this... It's it's not going to be a similar fight, but I think it's going to be a similar kind of. It, it's got if you watch the first fight, I think you can take. Sometimes you watch you know fights and, and the people have fought before, and and you can take absolutely nothing from it. But I think you can take a lot from this first fight, and I think the jab is especially a thing you can take from this first fight. Like if you watch that first fight, and and which I have on Patreon, as I keep mentioning, you can go over and listen to that there on Thursday coming up. It's it, it's very much a case of these guys changing their game plans in the middle of the fight Alexander Gustafsson his game plan for the, for the very start was to circle and keep circling and John Jones knew that and every time Gustafsson circled to the right John Jones attacked with his left so Gustafsson circles one way and it uh, you know, um, John Jones attacks there and gets him circling. Then he circles the other way. John Jones attacks that way and stops him from going that way. So that was really John Jones was kind of 
eating him up that way. Now, Gustafsson was landing shots, one or two shots in when he needed to, coming from the outside and, and doing pretty well. But then Gustafsson decided to, to change things up and he decided to jab up the middle and throw straight shots up the middle, throw leg kicks, throw body kicks straight up the middle. And he was beating John Jones and dominating him when he did that. Now, it was fleeting because John Jones decided to kind of come a step outside of range and he decided to go kind of go into kicking range and he started throwing straight up the middle and throwing leg kicks and head kicks and stuff as well, especially head kicks late. And that's where kind of Jones won the fight, I think. But it's interesting going in to this second fight, looking at Gustafsson in that match. Like, Gustafsson is a guy who has, in his fight since, the fights against Glover Teixeira and a fight against Jimmy Manow as well, he's kind of done what he needs to do, I think, to beat John Jones, which is go straight down the centre and beat him with the jab and beat him straight down the middle. You know, John Jones is a guy who's always dominating with his jab and with his front kicks and with those oblique kicks to the knees and stuff, using his range, trying to use his lint to, to keep guys off of him and beat him like that. Against Gustafsson, that's very hard to do because he's so long and so big and has such a good jab as well so you know John Jones in that first fight why he struggled so much was you know people talk about him you know being on cocaine the week before and all that's bullshit like he struggled because Gustafson has such a good well, jab and it is so bullshit, long. but he was doing that for all the fights so yeah, yeah but like I think if Gustafson can do that again, he can win. But I think if John Jones can do that, and if he can dominate that jab, I think he'll win as well. Now, there's other ways, I think, for John Jones to change things up, which we'll, we'll get into. But I think, you know, for Gustafson, that's how he wins. And that's the only way he wins. Now, John Jones can go in and he can get takedowns and he can take him down. Yeah, or... if, he's, if he starts losing the striking battle, I think Jones can get takedowns. But yeah. it's not going to be easy to get takedowns. But he's a big guy, Gustafson. But I think Jones is just such a good martial artist. Like he's just so naturally talented as well. Like that he he can just get takedowns. Like he the way he manhandled Daniel Cormier the first fight, like ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. he he took Gustafson down only once on their fight. Gustafson took him down twice. I, I think he, he the, the element of surprise though is kind of gone there for Gustafson, mm-hmm. even though it was years ago. Yeah, that is true. But you know, Gustafson's takedown defense did look very good in in that fight. Like it's interesting as well, John Jones. And I know Gustafson hasn't fought that much, but John Jones has, hasn't fought that much, and he has been, you know, going through this whole USADA thing and everything like that. How much has that kind of taken out of him? How much has he been you mentally know, he, as well? Mentally, like and, yeah, and and you know, technically as well. Like, how much has he been training? You know, he's he said he's been in rehab for for months at a time. It's so hard to like know that. if anything. John Jones says it's true. Like, so it's yeah. really hard to know. Like, what he's been getting up to. Yeah, it is. It is really hard, but. It's you know it's such it's such an interesting fight like to to me watching you know going back watching the fight it's kind of it's hard to not watch it from Alexander Gustafsson's point of view and see where he can he can go well and and, and do things well and uh, you know and that's kind of that's kind of what a lot of people I suppose did see when they were watching that fight and why a lot of people did score for Alexander Gustafsson and I can definitely see that argument it was very very close there was so many close rounds but I think Jones just landed it that is one of them though where I think shot. where like the, the the big favorite champion long term champion people are kind of looking to give rounds or what they're, they're it, you know it get it gets their attention much more when a punch is landed on this unstoppable champion in in a lot of people's eyes than when this underrated or underdog contender is getting hit in the face. 100%, yeah, and I suppose it can be a little, it'll be a little bit different this time around because people kind of know both of them are, are evenly enough matching and it, and it should be a good fight. But I like, think it still goes against Jones, though. It still goes against like all the really popular top guys like Anderson, Jones, even Connor and like, the Mendez first round. Like, if that happened to another person and they were landing them punches on Chad Mendez in the first round, I think people would have scored another way. But there's loads of examples. That is true. That is true. But like for, for John Jones, I'm talking about him winning this fight and it's 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 a difficult it's a very difficult fight for John Jones as it is for obviously for Alexander Gustafsson as well I, I talk about the takedowns and I think the takedowns need to be a big thing you know if you're if you fight like I think Alexander Gustafsson will fight with maybe a little bit of circle nearly but a lot of of jabs straight down the middle and, and straight right straight down the middle 
I think Gustafson is or uh, Jones is going to need to time them, come underneath, push this fight against the fence, make it you know make it a dirty fight against the fence, wear him out. Like Alexander Gustafson did get very tired in the end of that fight, and that's definitely has to be an issue for him. You know, in, in the fourth and fifth rounds, when Jones landed those big shots as well, you know, Jones has has shown that he has power and he can land that yeah. one big power shot. You know, he did it against Gustafson, he did it against Carmi and knocked him out. That's that's definitely another thing which we you know we don't. And he talk will about. slow you down with leg kicks and oblique exactly. kicks, as you mentioned. Like that, that does slow you down. Your movement becomes slower, and then Jones can land the shots better or get his takedowns easier. Yeah, a hundred percent. And watching that fight as well, another huge point for Alexander. Like, th- th- those those oblique kicks really hurt. Like Rampage threw a hissy fit for for months about yeah. how they should be banned after he got hit with a few of them. Yeah, and they they don't only hurt; they stop you from implementing your game. Like if your game plan is to jab and use your lint. Demo bleak kicks are going to be hard, you know, and I'm going to say it, but like the the, the pokes boats. to the eye, yeah they, yeah, they stop you from getting forward. Like if you're, if I you're, think people are people are referees are more aware of that or more proactive on that now than they were five years ago when they first mm-hmm. fought. So maybe that'll be a factor. Jones will be told to stop, stop that. It might take him out of his game slightly, but he has shown that he can adapt and he can purposely fight people in their own games and beat them. So. Yeah. This is this is a big guy he's fighting though. He's Jones been bigger than a lot of his opponents for his career, and Gustafsson is a big guy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you're doing a, a bet actually for for this fight and a prop bet, bet John Jones to be deducted a point deducted. It's usually around ten to one, I think. And maybe it's a little bit less for John Jones, but like if they're fighting away, <laughs> well, you want to put it on before you before you release this podcast. Huh? Yeah, I, I would. But if they're fighting the way I think they're going to fight, which is a lot of jabs and a lot of lint. John Jones is going to poke him in the eye and probably going to do it a few times. So he probably who's the ref? <laughs> do we know who the ref is? Uh, I don't know. It's probably is it probably Herb or someone like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's probably been announced, but I haven't heard it yet. But one more point as well, I need to make about the kind of the matchup here, the leg kicks as well for John Jones. Not so much the oblique kicks, but kind of the outside normal kind of leg kicks. In that first fight, Gustafson did really well at times to counter them, and he you know he did he didn't hurt John Jones per se, but he landed some big shots on John Jones. If he can do that again and counter those leg kicks. That's another kind of thing that you can take away from John Jones, and he did take that away from him in the first fight. You know, you you know, you talked about it there the, about the leg kicks are something that are huge for John Jones, and they definitely are. If you can take that away, if you could take his jab away, you know, you have to beat John Jones piece by piece if you're Alexander Gustafsson, and that's another thing. So that's a thing to watch out for in the first two rounds here. John Jones throwing leg kicks and Alexander Gustafsson's ability to counter them. Like this is not a fight like like the maybe the Nunes fight that we're talking about uh, and Cyborg that someone might take the initiative. You know, someone might jump forward and, and push a guy back this is not really that this is going to be a fight in the middle of the octagon this is going to be a fight for the ages two lads absolutely looking to, to land that jab looking to land that straights down in the middle john jones is going to be looking to land that big head kick alexander gustafson constantly dips his head down to the left like daniel carmia look at the, f- the fifth round in the first fight john jones landed big head kicks at one after another in that fight if one of those lands again, he's obviously improved that, you know, looking in at the Daniel Cormier fight, he can knock guys out with that. Can he knock him out with that big head kick? You know, can Gustafson get down, uh, get get uh, stop the takedowns early? Can John Jones get the takedowns early? Can he push him against the fence? Can he make him tired? Like, this is a... This is a very, very interesting matchup. Uh, just like the first one is, I'm really looking forward to Obviously, looking forward to seeing John Jones back again. And this is the fight Gustafson has been waiting for for five years. Yeah, will will the fact that Gustafson's been waiting for this and actually trying to get it for five years play into his game plan? Will he be have been thinking about it for so long that he has a set game plan for a long time? Or, you know, I can't remember what fight we were talking about on the last podcast and you were saying that maybe the first fight played into it. Can you remember which yeah, fight Yeah, it was, was Kevin Lee, Ally Quinta. Yeah, yeah. Like, you never know. There's, there's a lot of factors that can play into this. Like, 
like and obviously rustiness and time off for both guys and it's it's a really tough one to put to call but I, I just think I just think Jones Jones will win because I think Gustafsson kind of missed his chance to beat Jones and he had kind of nobody knew how good he was and he kind of had his chance five years ago I think Jones will be ready this time there's there's this thing as well people always say you know analysis or paralysis by analysis but the opposite of that is, is can be very true as well. Like you look at, at a guy like uh, Cody Garbrandt, who his whole career he was basing off of fighting Dominic Cruz and how he would beat Dominic Cruz. Chris Weidman looking at Anderson Silva the whole time coming through. Conor McGregor looking at Jose Aldo the whole time coming through. How he could beat him? Like f- for the last five years, what has Alexander Gustafsson been doing? He's been looking at John Jones, see how he can beat him in the rematch, and he's been in there and he's experienced him. And I, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling Alexander Gustafsson's going to do it. I'm, I'm. I have a feeling he's going to do it. Watching those whole fights, I think he definitely has the ability to do it. I think he has. If he can get the strategy right, he can beat John Jones. He's the body type. He has the skills. His striking has improved an awful lot. That left took over the top as well. Don't forget that. Look at that Glover to share fight. How good that was. If he can start landing that. If he can start countering John Jones's leg kick. If he can win the jab and baton, he will beat John Jones. And obviously, the opposite is true. If John Jones can start beating in those leg kicks, if he can start landing that teeth to the body, land that left high kick winning the jab and battle he'll beat Gustafson so this is a much more not I wouldn't say a simple matchup than the Cyborg Nunes but it's a, it's a much more um, simple matchup in in how we look at it and how we analyse it and how we go into it and the first couple of rounds things to look out for whereas the, the Cyborg Nunes match we're kind of you know whatever we get we get and then we'll, we'll appreciate it but I'm really looking forward to these two fights they should be they should be absolute barn burners which one do you think to be a better fight Gustafson and Jones or, or Cyborg Nunes uh, Jones Gustafson, yeah, I think so. I, I don't, yeah, I think it probably will be as well. I, I think we could be seeing ten rounds here. I really do. I think it, it could be, it could be a long night. We could be up until seven, seven o'clock. So buying extra cans of harp and Archer Thieves and and uh, apples hours and stuff and enjoy your <laughs> enjoy your uh, enjoy your Christmas uh, UFC. All right, everybody. Thanks very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Happy holidays. Uh, enjoy the fights this week. Merry Christmas. And uh, thanks for your continued support here on the podcast. Uh, and if you, especially if you signed up on Patreon, there are all our best friends, obviously, over there. Patreon.com forward slash Severe May Podcast. Sign up there. Graham, any any last uh, minute words there for the people? No, yeah. Happy Christmas and New Year and all that stuff. And uh, don't worry about getting too fast. Everybody's yeah, fast. Exactly, <laughs> exactly 100%. Did, uh, what about... I, I put out a tweet there the other night and said, at the bottom of every sweet in at the end of the year, there's eclairs and fudge. And a lot of people are saying, what are you talking eclairs about? Do you like eclairs? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. The harder sweets when you have other soft, oh, yeah, chocolatey sweets. Ah, oh, no. What about fudge? Nobody eats um, fudge. I, I eat fudge, but uh, definitely be last one of the least favorites. <laughs> that, that's exactly. It. I I think fudge is is grand. It's a last resort, but I think ecl- nobody eats eclairs. Nobody. I eat eclairs. Oh, I eat eclairs before fudges. Go to someone's house right now and go to their sweet and open it up, and I guarantee you there'll be fucking fifty eclairs in the bottom of that. Always. Nobody eats eclairs like nobody. I can't, I can't believe people sticking up for eclairs on Twitter. It's like, fuck you. What are you talking about? Go and eat them. Eclairs are really good. What are you no, talking about? You no. just you, Sometimes you get a too hard eclair, but if, if you have a, a nice warm house and then you get the eclair, just bite into it straight away. Maltesers are the nice ones. The nicest, the best. Caramel barrels as well. Do you know them ones? They're lovely. Yeah. Love a bit of them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go through all the possible chocolate. <laughs> I'm just going to go down and open them now. Hopefully everyone gets a... Gets nice presents and a selection box at Christmas anyway. All right, everyone. That's enough shite talk about Christmas. (laughs) We'll see you all uh, next week. Good luck.